Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. a new study from the CDC, most people are not using hand sanitizer correctly. They say you're supposed to rub your hands with sanitizer for 30 seconds, which is even longer than when you wash your hands. It's 20 seconds. The study was published in the Journal of Information. It would have been nice to have three months ago. (laughs) I am not doing that. I didn't know that. I am not doing it. Wait a minute. If your hands are soaked with it, what, what does it matter if you're rubbing or not? Or, or see, you never know with these idiotic government pronouncements <laughs> from the journal of that would have been nice to know three months ago. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's a pretty funny joke. I use hand sanitizer so much. I keep a bottle in my in my truck, and I, I'm just constantly using it. But I haven't been even close to rubbing for thirty seconds with it. I put a little in there and I rub it until it's gone. uh, Or or you walk around with it kind of wet with your hands up in the air like a surgeon till it dries off. I mean, how much are you supposed to use? Doesn't that dictate how long you'll rub? I don't know. I mean, all right. right, Here here you go. Here's an illustration. This is what makes me insane. All right, look. I just took a, a little squirt. I got one right in front of me. It's roughly the size of a pea. Okay. There you go, and I'm going to rub and rub and rub till my hands are raw with my little pea-sized complement of hand sanitizer, which isn't nearly enough to cover both of my enormous manly hands. <laughs> Harry, gnarled knuckles, the rest of it. Can hit a golf ball 230 yards. Exactly. <laughs> or I can take a, a, a squirt 
like somebody spilled an orange juice glass and rub it for 10 seconds and then walk around with it dripping down my wrists. Which one was better? Oh, for the love of logic. I, I can't take the modern world anymore. I can't take it. Oh, there's that girl trying to rescue that squirrel. <laughs> that video may be shown for the rest of our lives. Her screeching is I'm trying is the... to help you. I tra- Let me rescue you. <laughs> and then it jumps on her. <laughs> and she shrieks like a lunatic. Of course, so would I. You got a wild beast leaping upon your chest. Oh, I don't think I've shown. I don't think I've shown my wife the picture of the squirrel on Henry at the Grand Canyon. Oh, you got. She's going to be so unhappy with that. (laughs) Well, he might get Rocky Mountain squirrel fever. Right? Why did you let a squirrel crawl on him? (laughs) I don't know. What was I going to do? Shoot it? I assumed it would run away. Kids are always trying to catch squirrels. They don't catch them. Right? But he did catch this one. Right. Maybe it wanted to be caught. Apparently Mm -hmm. it did. Yeah. So Senate Republicans unveiled a policing reform bill. The president signed an executive order. Congress has a plan. And uh, and, and it's uh, now we're going to have a long negotiating period where uh, various ideas are going to be bandied about, and they'll try to arrive at a uh, a compromise. Although I have at least half a suspicion that the Democrats would much rather have the issue in November than a solution. That's often the case. A compromise plan that would make the Trump administration and Senate and House Republicans look good could be, you know, really weakening for the Democrats come November. So I would I would set your sights toward loud negotiating and no solution and that the Democrats will toss up things they know the Republicans can never vote for to keep this in the news. But at any rate, Senate Republicans unveiled a police reform bill that would discourage but not ban the so-called chokeholds and no-knock warrants. I don't I don't mind the chokehold decision and people who know more about it, you know, can decide what's right, but that was not a chokehold. Old uh, murdery what's his name in no, Minnesota, he was Minnesota kneeling on a man's using. neck. Yeah, that was that was not an approved anything. Right, that was horrific. The Republican proposal which Senate leaders said would be considered on the floor next week does not mandate certain policing practices. The Democratic plan does. The federal government will mandate your local police force does A, B, and C. The Republican plan encourages thousands of local police and law enforcement agencies to curtail practices such as chokeholds and certain no-knock warrants by withholding federal funds to departments that don't, uh, you know, adhere to their will. Um and they must submit uh, reports about them. The legislation also requires local law enforcement agencies to report all officer-involved deaths to the FBI. Tim Scott, Republican, South Carolina, the uh, black Republican senator, is spearing the G- spearheading the GOP bill. Um, I saw something... It encourages the broader use of body-worn cameras as well. I don't know if it was this. I saw something somewhere where, yeah... Uh, you have to report within a certain amount of time whenever you fire your weapon. And I thought, that's not already the case? Not to the federal government. The oh. The federal government has brutally incomplete statistics on all of that. It's just it's a local matter. If there's a big enough noise that goes to your county, then maybe to your state. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I, it's so hard for me to advocate nationalized 
uh, you know, required reporting. To yeah, the I don't. Government. I don't know that that's necessary. I thought that was locally. So, but locally, obviously, you're reporting it to your boss. Yeah, you had to fire your gun. I mean, it, you could get all fifty states at this point to pass pretty good, solid police reform. I think, and then it could be police, no pun intended, at the state level, as opposed to a giant, flabby, unresponsive. Overly powerful, blunt instrument that is a federal bureaucracy. Yeah, no, I would be. I'm, I'm sure I would be against that. If, if only for my life experiences. Whenever you try to do this, it makes things worse. Every single time I've ever experienced it in my life, or, whether it's government stuff or a giant company, whenever they try to do it from the top down, mm-hmm. like the giant reports, more reports being funneled up has always made things worse in in my life experience. Yeah. Now, on the Democrat side... It sounds side, like it'd make things better, oh, but right. it doesn't. Well, and that's that's the problem. And and people have this fantasy idea of how the federal government works and how its agencies work. And they think, oh, no, they'll they'll be efficient, they'll be uh, forthright and honest and hardworking, and they'll deal with this terrible problem. And I'm telling you, looking to D.C., which is from three to 3,000 miles... Well, I'm sorry, Alaska, to 6,000 miles away from you. Looking to the, them to be your overlords and, and sweep in, you know, goodness and justice is just, well, if I was going to be charitable, I'd say it's naive. If I was not going to be charitable, I'd say it's idiotic. Even before the legislation was unveiled, dem- unveiled rather, uh, Democratic leaders said it fell short of the sweeping action is uh, needed. House Democrats are moving forward with a package that would strictly ban police chokeholds, make it easier for victims of police violence to sue officers and departments, and create a national database of police misconduct among other provisions. There is a lot of overlap in these two measures and plenty to talk about, but the White House has said revising so-called qualified immunity is off the table. Won't even talk about it. Now, we're looking forward to a conversation with uh, one of the good folks from the Pacific Legal Foundation. We're going to do an extra-large podcast and then uh, hit you with some highlights of it, talking about qualified immunity. The idea that government employees cannot be sued for violating your civil rights, except in very narrow circumstances. Um, And those of us on the libertarian end of conservatism um, are not fans of it at all. Um, uh, Well, one of the dissents the other day in the Supreme Court from taking this up as a case was uh, talking about how it's just it's not ended up being used the way it was intended to be used. That seems to be what's happened over the years. But yeah. we'll learn more about that with our guest and uh, tell you about it later this week. One of the things I'm going to ask him, because I have such a jaundiced view of humanity, like all of humanity, is that if you really rein in qualified immunity, will the, the, uh, the vermin-like lawyers of the world, which is not to suggest that all lawyers are vermin-like, far from it, but will the, the, the real mosquito lawyers of the world just flock to and flock at every cop who, who, who pulls anybody over for speeding? And everybody will get sued all the time to get settlements, like happens in the workplace. We've seen it. We've, we've worked in uh, the same radio studio for a long time now. Um, and we've seen people come and go, and we've seen a handful of wrongful dismissal suits, and they were utterly laughable. I mean, not even close to being legit. And other people who uh, left by other means were known to threaten that sort of thing as well. Um, and they don't win those cases, but they get written a check for five, ten, twenty-five thousand dollars 
And I am a little concerned that the cops of the world will just constantly be sued. But, you know, if it's gone way beyond the original intent to the point where you can have some building inspector who you you question, question him a little too sharply and he violates your civil rights over and over again and screws you up and down. And I've, I've known business people this has happened to. Um, if he violates your civil rights, you ought to be able to go after him. The fact that he gets a paycheck from some, you know, county somewhere protects him from or enables him to violate your civil rights. That's obscene. Um, we should revisit Aunt Jemima and Christopher Columbus. They're seeing each other. They're an item now. You know, I'd heard that rumor, but I didn't think um, it was true. No, we should revisit those stories. Also, 7-Eleven's canceled its free Slurpee day that they have every year. We all got hooked by the Paw Patrol story that turns out was not true. Um, mm. And some COVID mm. stuff. Mm. And some COVID stuff mm. all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll start serious and gradually get less serious, but it is becoming more and more clear that former rock star, now he ain't never going to get elected to nothing, Governor Andrew Cuomo's decision to force nursing homes to take COVID patients sentenced thousands of people to death. Yeah. Thousands of vulnerable old people your grandma, your grandma, grandpa, whatever, sentence them to death by making the nursing homes. In many cases, they're screaming, don't send us COVID patients. We're worried that old people it's around the world and showing old people are more vulnerable. It was the rule. You had to. Right. You so, have to take them. You had to take them. And so or we you, will punish you. We will bring you to your knees. Unbelievable. So uh, this latest you report. Keep giving the government more power. This latest report says uh, that killed 6,000 people, about 6% of the 100,000 nursing home residents in the state of New York died from COVID because of, you know, some of them would have died anyway, but a lot of them because of the policy, the mandatory, you must take these COVID patients into your nursing home. Just absolutely freaking unbelievable. Yep. Yep. So, you know, deaths. fun little run where Andrew Cuomo was on TV live every day because he's the genius savior leader. Why isn't he the Democratic nominee? Freaking government and their policies. And they never are held to account for these decisions. Nope. Anyway, I'll move away from that. Uh, Aunt Jemima is no more. Uh, Pepsi Co. owns Aunt Jemima syrup. Really? Um, and is doing away with Aunt Jemima. Well, because she'd they, been updated. Like, what, a decade, 15 years ago? She wasn't the, the more Zoftig uh, black lady. She was like a really hot uh, black mom on, uh, on the, uh, the syrup bottle. And she lost the kerchief around her head when they yeah, updated her also. Did she have anything on her on her head? I no. can't remember. Ball cap or and, anything? And I was asking the question earlier. And Tiara? I don't care. There's no need to have Aunt Jemima on the syrup. but She doesn't actually make it, you see. But I'm (laughs) of the belief that that had no negative effects on me. The presence of that image on the bottle. Yeah. I just, I can't believe that that had any negative effect on me. Well, I'm not sure it had any effect on me at all, but I certainly don't think it had any negative effect on me. 
Uh, no. Did no, that promote I mean, racism? Did that spread racism? Did that make people think a certain thing? I, I tell you what, I grew up in a pretty racially diverse, well, I went to a racially diverse high school, and um, the Aunt Jemima did not influence my views of my black classmates and friends any more than, you know, like uh, the Frito Bandito influenced my views of, of the catcher on my baseball team whose mom was Mexican. Um, it didn't, it, a friend of mine was Pakistani. Um, and, and no, like, Arab evil guy in his robes thing influenced my views of, of, of him. Um, I just, yeah. I, I, at the same time, I mean, if it's really a demeaning, like, Why, black what's, face, deme- what's it demeaning about? What's uh, demeaning about it? Well, see, I, that one I didn't find demeaning at all, especially the new one. I, the idea that, uh, this nice black lady makes pancakes and her syrup is delicious. I don't, I don't, I don't, hmm. I, I'm with you on this one. Right. I can't imagine. So uh, uh, there ain't no g- g- clowns flipping burgers at your local McDonald's. <laughs> Nobody thinks thinks there is. Uh, anyway, if you can if you can explain how that was, you know, actually racist and doing harm to America, I'd like to hear the argument. I think but anyway. it, it was thought to be a stereotypical view of a black woman of the early 20th century, similar to like the Cleveland Indians logo. It, well, no, because it was not comedic and. I mean, the original one, she was just a slightly heavy set. I'm, I'm talking about the one from like the 60s and 70s. If it, if it started in 1930 and there was some horrific image, I, I'm not aware of that. Uh, Maybe I'm stupid, but I just on racial stereotypes is what I see it being classified as is why it had to go. Yeah, okay. I, okay. I, the Cleveland Indians thing is freaking ridiculous. Aunt Jemima was just a nice-looking black lady. I just thought it was somebody's mom who was black. <laughs> I, mean, I did, never thought about it at all. Anyway, it was again, actually I, based on a real image of a woman named Nancy Green, uh, who was known as a magnificent, magnificent cook back in the day. Uh, you know, um, I was never attracted to her. I'm an Aunt Jemima man. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a Mrs. Butterworth man. Mm, now, like a full-figured gal. She's married, but she keeps telling me she's going to get divorced soon. Mm. Uh, and then the other one is the... Uh, Married to Mr. Butterworth, obviously. Another Columbus statue has come down. This one uh, in a park in St. Louis that had been up since 1883. I think it was a very long time. Um, and my problem with all these statues coming down is when there's no vote or there's no process involved. It's just either mobs pulling it down with a rope and it stays down, or in this case... They decided to remove it because people kept vandalizing it, and they couldn't afford security to keep it from being vandalized, which means the mob is determining what statues are up and aren't, and I just think that's a bad idea. And what lesson is learned by people observing this? Here's how you get change. Yeah. Mob violence. Yeah, exactly. Violence, threat of violence, destroying things until you get your way. I don't care about it. You can take down every Christopher Columbus statue in America as far as I don't care. I have no, the you know, the founding father stuff I do care about. But Christopher Columbus, who freaking cares? That whole story is dumb anyway. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of pretty honoring. much. But, um, well, he discovered the, the Caribbean, right? Or something. <laughs> long after America, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but the mob can't be deciding what statues are up in our parks. No. Or in front of our buildings. That's just no way to run a country. I would agree completely. Now, in California, they voted to remove the Columbus statue from the Capitol Rotunda, where it had been since a uh, very, very long time. Um, but they voted. It because was... Californians really like the Bahamas, and they appreciate him discovering them. <laughs> I guess. It's hard to imagine why Christopher Columbus was in the rotunda of the California Capitol at all. It was, But it was a nod to immigrants, and uh, particularly Italian immigrants, even yeah. though he was Portuguese. Yeah, well, even canceled. 
He was Italian. He All right. was sponsored by Queen Isabella Queen of Portugal. Portugal. Right. There yeah. you go. Why there do you... I know this? Good history lesson. Armstrong and Getty. should at some point lay out what I ate yesterday. I had one of the all-time worst eating days. Certainly certainly for an adult in middle age. That's that's saying something, because you've had some doozies. Oh, yeah. It was just extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, coming up, live team coverage of the latest from Jazz. Jazz. So stay tuned, won't you? Do I understand, it's, jazz. Do I understand it's shrunk? Uh, yeah, voluntarily. Hmm. There was shrinkage. Gotcha. What we're going to do for you now is play you um, an interview uh, statement by uh, a Georgia sheriff whose name I don't have in front of me, or if I do, I misplaced it, and I apologize for that. Uh, We'll get that for you. Um, But he is a a black man, and he is talking about, you know, aspects of the killing of the, the gentleman at the Wendy's in Georgia by the police. Um. He's talking about it from a law enforcement perspective and a sociological perspective that I think is absolutely worth hearing. I assume you've seen the video. The guy uh, uh, passed out slash fell asleep in the drive-thru at Wendy's. Wendy's people called the cops, said we got a drunk guy passed out. They get there. They determine he probably is drunk. They talk for 20 minutes very calmly, mm-hmm. him and the cops. Yeah. Anyway, when they went to arrest him, he tries to fight him and then... Uh, you know, he ends up getting shot and killed. Uh, this is Sheriff o- uh, Alfonso Williams. Okay, very good. Let's roll that. The, you know the family attorney in this case says that police should have tried to catch Brooks instead of shooting at him. What is your reaction to that? Uh, having 30 years in the business, uh, police and law enforcement, and 27 of those years having taught use of force and taught hundreds and hundreds of law enforcement officers across the state of Georgia and other states. I just think that he's a lawyer. He's not a law enforcement officer. I think that is it's just a ridiculous statement. Uh, obviously, we saw in the video that the Brooks was engaged in a fight with the officers. They were on the ground. We know that when we're on the ground, we have a very high likelihood of being hurt or killed. It's not the place we want to be. This is not a wrestling match. The Brooks is able to take a uh, non-lethal weapon, a taser, away from one of the officers, and he flees. They give chase. He's committed to felony obstruction of an officer counts, and he needs to be held accountable. So they were perfectly justified in running behind Brooks to, to capture him. He, Brooks turned back to the officers and fired the taser. And we all know I, I, this is a third law enforcement agency I've been head of. And in every agency I've gone to, I've required every officer who, who carries a taser to, to be tased with it so that you understand the incapacitation. Five seconds, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. 1,005. That's five whole seconds that if an officer is hit with that taser, that he, all of his muscles will be locked up and he'll have the inability to move and to respond. 
and yet he is still responsible for every weapon on his belt. He, so if that officer had been hit, he still has a firearm on his side, and the likelihood of him being stomped in the head or having his firearm taken and used against him was a probability. And so he did what he needed to do, and this was a completely justified Which is, uh, shooting. Right, can we pause that, Sean? That's a, you I, don't uh, listen. This is the Angie way of of things. You don't need to agree with that to agree that it's worth hearing that perspective. And I hadn't heard any other media outlet. My first thought was when I heard this, and there is discussion on a cable news channel. My first thought was. Well, if he tased, if the if the guy running away had hit the cops and tased him, then he could take their gun. And huh. I hadn't heard anybody bring that up, and I thought that's the that's the most obvious thing that happens. Sure. So I'm glad that sheriff mentioned that as a possibility. Well, well remember that was key to the whole Michael Brown thing in Ferguson. He was fighting the cop trying to get his gun. So the idea that he was quote unquote unarmed um, is is highly debatable. I I know where this interview goes because I've heard it. I still haven't heard the answer for we brought it up yesterday, and I'm not second-guessing anybody. I'm just asking. Um, He wouldn't have turned and fired the taser if you hadn't been, if you wouldn't have started to chase him, I don't think. So would would it be good in the future to let somebody who's who's committed a nonviolent crime, you think, drunk driving, um, just let him go? And then you go catch him later. The chief addresses that. Victor Davis Hanson, we played that yesterday. He made some good points on the topic. It's a really good question. The chief will answer that and also <clears throat> issue a, uh, a really you know wise statement. Uh, a quick note, though, from our good friends, our sponsors, Simply Safe, the best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report. 24-7 professional monitoring, emergency dispatch, all the good stuff of a home security camera uh, system, including the doorbell cameras and alerts and everything like that. All the good stuff, none of the bad stuff. If you want the best, this is the best. Best overall home security of 2020. So uh, you go online. We'll give you the website here in a second. You click the button. It comes to you. You open the box. You place the sensors. You plug it in. You now have the best home security system you can get. It was that simple. Nobody came to your home. Uh, no salesman or installer. It was quite simple. You can do it for about 50 cents a day. You're not locked into a multi-year contract like you are with a lot of these systems. Yep. All the positives, none of the negatives. you got to check it out. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Oh, and Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. All right, let's hear more from the uh, Georgia Sheriff did what he needed to do and this was a completely justified is, uh, shooting there's there's nothing malicious or sadistic in the way these officers behaved and it's very unfortunate that the law enforcement leaders in the state of georgia have not come out and stood together on this case i think it's political and and it, it it's it's senseless we're sending the wrong message to our black youth we're telling them that 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 it's okay that that they can run from the police they can take a weapon from the police they can fight with the police and 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 point a weapon at the police and expect nothing to happen that is the wrong message to send to black youth that miraculously was on cnn i think wasn't it yes yeah i I recognize one of the uh, the anchorette's voice there it haunts my dreams uh 
Yeah. Well, I, and again, if we're going to talk about policing in an intelligent way, not an angry mob tearing down statues in the parkway or torching uh, small businesses, often minority-owned way of talking, but seriously discussing it, um, you need to hear that perspective. What if the, um, I haven't heard anybody say this, but I'm sure people are saying it. When they went to put him in handcuffs, he's thinking, well, once I'm in handcuffs, you could get me on the ground and kneel on my neck till I'm dead. I've seen it on TV a thousand times. That's what the family lawyer is, is saying. Is it? Yeah, I hadn't they heard say that, but he I assume was triggered by having the handcuffs start to be oh, I can understand that. It's unfortunate <laughs> that there are people that believe that. I don't believe that. If I got pulled over and they had to put cuffs on me for some reason, I would think I'm, you know, nothing bad's going to happen to me. But if you're convinced once they have you in handcuffs, they might beat you or kill you, I can see why you'd run to get away from that. Yeah. That that is the, you know, that's well, that's the <coughs> that's the damage bad cops do. Making the whole all making it difficult not just for all other good cops, but for all of society. Because if you have a portion of the of the society that believes the cops are out to get you, then no, you're not going to get people to comply with the cops. Right. Because they feel like, once you get cuffs on me, you can do anything to me. Mm-hmm. And there are absolutely racial issues having to do with various places in the police. On the other hand, you have the mainstream media, which is just loving the horror porn of the videos and I, showing them over and over and over again. And in the same way, and again, it's not like there is no issue. I'm not saying that at all. But if you saw a video of a child being abducted all day, every day, you would really start to be paranoid about your children getting abducted. Right. No, because here she is. Here's where the guy pulls her into the van and you saw it over and over and over again. Heck, yeah, that would have an effect on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the the horror porn, that's that's a good one. That's a good conundrum because you don't want you don't want to hide the reality of it from the public at all. Um. I had read about it and everything. When I saw it, that's when I realized, okay, this guy just murdered somebody in the streets. What happened there? I I got that from watching right. the video. Sure. Um, but then you play it enough, and you start to have the opposite effect. I I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other argument I've heard from cops about this Georgia case, um, and this guy was the father of four, and it just it, it's awful that he's dead. Well, and if you we can all to, agree on that, and if you listen to the conversation. They've had, because they talked for 20 minutes calmly. You think, yeah. how does this guy end up dead? This seems so calm and and easy to, you know, it just doesn't seem like this could possibly, I know how it ends, it still doesn't seem like it could end with a death. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that, that bothers me about this is I've heard certain activist types say, well, look, at the point that he fought the cops and grabbed the taser and ran away, you get, you got to let him go. And, uh, excuse me, what are you going to get more of then? Yeah. Guy thinks, I don't want to get arrested. I know what I'll do. I'll fight the cops, take their taser, they'll let me go, because that's the new policy. If I can win this fist fight, they let me go, and then at least I got a chance. Right. To, you know, get to another state, hide out, whatever. Mm-hmm. We can't have an opt-in trial by combat. In, <laughs> yeah, in exactly. That, that is yeah. the, you need to write that somewhere. That's the best way to put it anywhere. And I... <laughs> Boy, that trial and, by combat scene in the Game of Thrones, who was that brutal? Anyway. An optional trial by conduct, combat. It's, you know, I get arrested. If I can take this guy, I get to get away and at least, you know, take my chances out or there. Or this on the woman. Or this woman. Right. Yeah. So, they, yeah, that, that, well, that's, that doesn't work. That's non, 
a non-working situation. At the same time, if there were no police brutality, and we've received a handful of emails from white people who've had the S beat out of them by the cops, I mean, utterly unjustified, to hear their story. Um, if there were no I'm against excessive, that as well, too. Just to oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there were no excessive force, then you wouldn't have a lot of these problems. Although, certain, absolutely, a lot of guys don't want to get arrested again because they've been arrested several times, and the uh, pen- penalties tend to get worse the more you get arrested and convicted. So there would still be people trying to fight the cops. But, again, uh, you know, our point in playing it was just to give you a, a different perspective than you're hearing in the mainstream media. And if you're an intelligent, thinking person, you probably ought to hear both. Again, that's a Georgia sheriff who's trained lots of cops, and he was highly disappointed. The police chief resigned immediately, mm-hmm. as he says, is a political thing. You know, and it might have been the right move. If she hadn't resigned, maybe the half the city's on fire. And uh, 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 how many billion dollars worth of damage done in Minneapolis? I think 50-some. Uh, billion, I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that happens in Atlanta if she doesn't resign immediately. All right. And you avoided all that. Well, trouble brewing in Chaz. We'll have a live team report from the Autonomous Zone in Seattle next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's a guy who's lived in the area of Seattle, now called Chaz, for years. Chaz. Whether this was an overreaction or not, Chaz. I don't. Whether this was an overreaction or not, I don't know. But he wanted his voice disguised and everything like that because he's scared of the Chaz people if they recognize his voice. Uh, maybe I'll just uh, let go with this voice. <laughs> I, uh, I've lived in Chaz uh, most of my life. <laughs> anyway, this is what he said. For the first time in my life in Capitol Hill, I hear gunshots every single night, and I've heard people screaming every single night outside. And uh. They're not protest screams. I've heard protest screams, but I've also heard like screams of terror out there, and I don't know what's happening out there. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm having trouble nailing down what's actually happening. I saw a report on Fox yesterday. This is on Fox, and uh, they're more interested in the negative aspects of Chaz than the other channels are. And they said it's been peaceful for, for almost entirely peaceful for the last thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. That's what they said on Fox. Now, this guy says he's hearing, hearing gunshots every night. I've heard other people say it's a, it's a, it's a night and day difference, uh, literally, and that the daytime is a street party and everybody's happy, and at night it gets really scary. At night, the dominant beasts take control. I've heard people say, I've heard reporters say the businesses are on board with this. They think it's awesome, and they're you know helping out with water and food and that sort of stuff. I've also heard other people say they, they are, they're, they're doing this because they're scared to death their place is going to get smashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we could play clip 17. Why not? Let's hit it. Oh, here it comes. That went down Sunday night, and it's a clear and scary example of what can happen when the police do not respond because of a city's leadership. It happened at this auto repair shop in Seattle, just outside, about a block down from the occupation protest. The owners caught a guy who was armed with a knife in the act of stealing money and car keys and setting a fire inside the shop. They detained him while armed themselves and called Seattle police. They never showed up to take the suspect into custody, and an angry mob from the protest zone broke down the fence demanding the suspect be released. Eventually, the owner complied. Luckily, no shots were fired. 
I am very shaken up. I am very disappointed in the, the city's leadership. I'm very disappointed in the lack of police protection. I'm very disappointed that the fire department didn't show up. Fire department doesn't show Without up. police to enforce law and order, we saw a case of street justice. A group of armed men from the protest zone surrounded the thief and arsonist, demanding he give up the cash and keys. When he refused, he was beaten by the so-called security team. On Monday, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best said officers did respond to the area, but chose not to engage on behalf of the victim business owner or suspect. Yeah, that's a heck of a deal there. Well, that is the Old West is what that is. Yeah. Cash. Got a note from listeners who asked to be anonymous. Uh, we're small bo- business owners in Wacky, Washington. They were uh, in Seattle, checked out uh, Chaz Chop. They say they really wanted to be called Chop. It's written in spray paint everywhere. That's why I'm calling it Chaz. <laughs> but they were there during the daytime. A lot of tourists taking pictures, which made one guy mad, yelled about it not being Coachella. The atmosphere was tense. Uh, there was some yelling and that sort of thing. And then this from a Seattle PD officer. Um, he goes on uh, about the, the chaos and all. Um, the warlord in charge of the new uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone drives a Tesla. He's been arrested for drugs, guns, pimping, and crimes against children, and is on a federal child porn watch list. He carries an AK-47. He's already started abusing people inside. WTF? You can't make this up. We've been castrated. There's no recovering from this. We can't go near the zone and have been warned by our department to stay away. We're only working for each other now. We've been in battles where these psychopaths have hit us with rocks, cinder blocks, homemade napalm, even IEDs. Multiple injuries, and then we gave up the precinct. Now the guns are out. This city can burn. I'm working on my exit plan right now. The city and state hates us and gives us no support. In fact, the leaders are actively supporting this very real insurgency. Yet all you hear in the media is that they are merely peaceful protesters. This is real. This uh, People need to know, this is not about race, it's about control. Share it, but don't say my name. Wow, sounds familiar. Signed the San Francisco Police Department. Well, all you the, the, this is a known fact. Nobody's disputing this. The police precinct closed down, boarded up, and took all their equipment out of there. Mm-hmm. That happened. And it's been taken over now by the, so, the Chasmaniacs. Whether it was peaceful or not, you can't have that. <laughs> you, can't oh, have, no. you can't have police driven out of their precincts. Uh, saying just you're not allowed to have a police precinct in this part of town. Oh, okay. Guess we'll leave then. Right. I mean, and not respond to law-abiding, tax-paying citizens who need us desperately. How about that story though? So you catch somebody breaking into your place, you apprehend them with a weapon. I mean, that's a heck of a deal. You're in a you're in a battle with a guy with a knife, and you've got a weapon, and you apprehend him. Woo wee! Yeah. You call the police; they don't ever show up. A mob shows up. And you're scared of them, legitimately so, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You turn the guy loose, then the mob makes that guy give the money back because they're going to enforce, they're the police force. Okay. Which that part's okay. Which we're supposed to be against, right? Having a police force, but they're the police force. Well, and did I hear they were going to beat down a guy for being an arsonist? But when the Does guy, anybody understand what irony is? When the guy wouldn't give the money back, they beat him. Right. But that's not the kind of justice we have in America. You go to uh, jail. That's the justice in Chaz. And then there's a there's a there's yes. you're a, you're appointed yes. a lawyer. you're appointed a lawyer if you can't afford one, and you get a trial, and then maybe you know maybe you didn't do it right. But no, that no, this is vigilante, old timey, wild west justice, right? And Some, that's better than what we've had. A child molester with an AK forty seven's the judge. Okay, super. How's your utopia coming along? Does this peter out or end violently? Your guess. We don't have much time. Hmm. 
boy, it's hard Good thing to say. Good thing or bad thing. Seattle is such a freak show already, and the, the city council is a bunch of gutless communists, so I say it goes on for a very, very long time. Really? Yep. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.